Hi, I'm Bill Cleveland. In this bonus episode of Change the Story, Change the World, we're going to share an audio portrait of a project currently taking place at the subject of our past two episodes, Pillsbury House and Theater. The project is called To Sit a While and celebrates the work and life of playwright, journalist, and activist Lorraine Hansberry, who also happens to be the subject of the song we just heard that was written and sung by a young Twin Cities audacious artist named Frida Ross. Lorraine Hansberry was born in Chicago in 1930 and passed tragically in 1965. Despite her short stay on this planet, she lived large large artistically, large politically, and very large historically. Her play, A Raisin in the Sun, was the first by a black woman to be produced on Broadway. More importantly, though, it laid bare the systemic racism that was being visited on black families and communities in the plain sight recesses of the American dreamscape. Needless to say, this is a difficult story to tell anywhere, anytime in this country, let alone on Broadway, in 1959. Now, that was 63 years ago, but thankfully, the curtain on Hansberry's influence in the theater as a journalist and as an advocate for the black and LGBT communities has never been drawn. Her legacy endures through her writing and her plays, certainly, but also through the story of her life. An inspiring life story that in 2022 is being shared in communities across the country through the Lorraine Hansberry Initiative. This multi-year project is using public art and artist scholarships to, quote, honor this great American playwright and civil rights leader and invest in those following in her footsteps. The initiative is produced by The Lilies, an organization dedicated to celebrating, supporting, and advocating women theater artists. Here are Broadway actress-singer Rebecca Lachance, playwrights Lynn Nottage and Ruben Santiago Hudson, sculptor Allison Saar, and other initiative supporters describing the project at the unveiling of Saar's Lorraine Hansberry statue in Times Square on June 9th, 2022. You are part, part of the human. Today we are here honoring the great Lorraine Hansberry. It's a beautiful day in New York. It's an historic day. Her seminal play, A Raisin in the Sun, is one of the most read, produced, and important plays in the American canon. So today, I'm so proud to honor her legacy and amplify her voice by erecting this beautiful statue by Alison Saar in the center of Times Square, the beating heart of the American theater. These five chairs each represent an area of her achievements. A pressed oak chair for her work as a playwright, an office chair for her work as a journalist, an ottoman for her work and activist of the equality of African Americans, a bent wood chair for her efforts to secure women's rights, and a stool for her fight for the rights of the LGBT community. And that's really part of the American story. There's there's art, there's activism, there's protest, uh, there's there's you know, legal battles all interwoven in our civil rights movement that helped to produce the democracy that we have today. The Lorraine Hansberry Initiative is two-pronged. It's not just a statue, it's also a unique scholarship that will cover the living expenses of female and non-binary 
dramatic writers of color in graduate school. When I was struggling as an actor first coming in, I was a coat check girl. Then I was slicing pies. I even worked, I even sold cemetery plots. I did everything to try to, pr to provide for my art. But this scholarship is so essential because these artists just get to focus on writing. This will help someone who will change the world. And if they aren't the one that changes the world, they will inspire that next person who changes the world. My hope is people remember Lorraine or think of Lorraine anytime they are challenging society, challenging norms, fighting for the oppressed, fighting for women, fighting for black people, fighting for just anybody who has life in their body. Part of the human The project's first stop after three New York-area exhibitions was Pillsbury House and Theater in Minneapolis. As part of this event, Pillsbury invited artists Altice Robinson, Ishe Brantley, Beverly Cotman, Regina Marie Williams, and Austin Van to join in an audacious artist salon to talk about the exhibition and Hansbury's legacy. The salon was inspired by Hansbury's quote, I suppose I think that the highest gift that man has is art and I am audacious enough to think of myself as an artist. To see someone like Lorraine Hansberry, who, who paved the way, the first black woman to be produced on Broadway, for us to be doing this work and to see her be honored this way is beautiful. To have this piece of work that feels like it's about us, for us, and I can actually put my hands on it and I can feel the vibrations of it, we are supposed to touch our heart. When we create art as black people, we create it interactive. We have to find a way to invite. And then when others are made, you will know, I can come in and I can, I can walk through this. We create our own rules. And I do, I do love that it is accessible, that it is in the parking lot, and that it is open. And so you get to decide. I get to decide how I interact with it. I am audacious to think of myself as an artist. There is as has been described, to sit a while consists of a life-size bronze figure of Lorraine Hansberry sitting on a tree stump rooted firmly in the ground. Her right hand rests palm up at her heart, holding a golden flame. Welcome to the Audacious Artist Series. I'm Signe V. Haraday, the Artistic Producing Director of Pillsbury House and Theatre, and we're thrilled to share this collaboration project with you. Now, until September 15th, installed in our parking lot at 3521 Chicago Avenue South in Minneapolis, is a life-sized bronze statue of Lorraine Hansberry with five chairs that represent parts of her life as playwright, journalist, and civil rights activist for black, female, and queer voices. 
The statue, created by Allison Saar and commissioned by the Lorraine Hansberry Initiative, is titled To Sit a While, inspired by Hansberry's quote, never be afraid to sit a while and think, which got us thinking. We too are inspired by Lorraine's words, including her quote about being audacious enough to think of herself as an artist. So we reached out to artists to share their creativity. We've paired their contributions with the chairs of the To Sit A While statue and recorded them for you to enjoy. That's right. I got the audacity to be the artist that is me. And I got that from the ancestor Lorraine Hansberry. This piece in the Audacious Artist series is paired with the Modernist Chair, which recalls the chair that Lorraine sat on while writing her plays. This piece is written by Venetia Coleman and read by Dana Lee Thompson and Rajane Katora. Here with more breaking news. It seems the sun is beginning to fade. Reports of complete blackout in some parts of the world. No one knows what could be causing this. Scientists predict that the sun may be dying, while some religious scholars are saying this is just another sign. Regardless, experts speculate that this occurrence could destroy life on this planet as we know it. Stay tuned for more. You gotta see this. Nisi. You call yourself a Christian. Huh? She said you <laughs> Girl, call... forget that lady. I chased her around with a belt. You looked happy doing it too. Happiest I've seen you since. I was happy, elated, best I felt in a long time. That's what's messed up about it. I'm supposed to be better than that. Says who? God? Girl, I say get rid of him completely. Look around. The absence of him makes more sense. You really believe that, don't you? I think, I think, I think God isn't coming back. It's just us down here. I think we're going to wake up tomorrow and the thunder will keep rolling and the earth will keep shaking and the sun will keep dying. It will all keep going. In spite of all the horrible things that happen, life will just relentlessly keep going and going. Do you know my favorite scripture? Are not the five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God, but even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are more valuable than many sparrows. Hmm, I've always wanted to know what the dollar to sparrow exchange rate was. When I was little, I would do this thing where anytime I was stressed out or scared, I would close my eyes and go to my place. This place in my mind, it was full of light and warmth and love. And God would be there. What did he look like? He had the body of a man, but I could never really make out his face. Hmm. Did he ever talk to you? Not really. And I didn't need him to. Mostly he would just sit with me, hold my hand. Or when I was really feeling down, sometimes he would cradle me. 
rock me, kind of like a baby. <laughs> and I would cry if I needed to. If there wasn't enough space out in the real world to cry, I would rest my head on his chest and accept the love I needed in that moment. And that sounds nice. Really. It sounds really nice. I hadn't thought about that place in a long time until she, you know. I've been thinking a lot about what you said about being black outside. It is hard, unnecessarily so, and I've never been able to put into words, but I realize that's part of why I need him. Why I keep waiting for him. Because you're black? No, kinda. I know he might not be real, I know. The part you're forgetting when you say stuff like he's not real to me is that I want him to be real. I need him to be real. If he's real, if he loves me more than the sparrows, if he loves me so much that he counted every single hair on my nappy head, then, then I can make sense of everything. Of war, of despair, of living in this body. I can even make sense of death. If he's real and he loves me, then I can be okay. Okay? Okay. I hear you. When it happened, did they come to you? The ancestors? Oh, it was quiet, V. I'd never heard a room that quiet. And everything slowed down. I could hear my own heartbeat, and that's when I realized they don't come to you. You have to conjure them. So I did. I prayed to God, to them, help me, help me through this. And I heard a small voice say, you already have what you need. Even though everything was so heavy, hell, it still is. <laughs> I knew eventually I'd find a way to be okay. That shouldn't have happened to you. I'm mad she was taken from you. Why is everything so damn miserable? It's suffocating. Life is more than just misery, V. There's joy in it, too. <laughs> well, where's she at? Because <laughs> I can't seem to find Joy's ass anywhere. <laughs> She's there. I promise. When I think about Mama, this house, the memories, when the leaves blow through the trees, when the stars dance around the moon at night, and... The moment when the sun comes up right over the horizon and bathes everything in gold. Half of those things are gone now. What then? Then I look at you. When I'm with you, I feel it. When I hear you laugh, when I eat your food, <laughs> when we fight, <laughs> when your face gets all serious because you think you have something smart to say. Mm. I find joy in all that. <laughs> I find joy in living. And honestly, I think I find it because I keep searching for it. Joy is an action, baby. The world would rather we stay paralyzed. I won't give it the satisfaction. Hmm. I don't think I'm there yet. Well, you better figure something out. Because sitting in misery, preparing for the other shoe to drop, even if you know it will, even if history has taught you as such, it's too hard of a life to live. You really were always the smart one. You don't think I know that? <laughs> Do you want to keep packing the house up? Oh, haven't you heard? The sun is dying. I'm taking my black ass to bed. <laughs> That's right. Me. I got the audacity to be the artist that is me. And I got that from the ancestors Lorraine Hansberry. <laughs>
This piece in the Audacious Artist series is paired with the office chair, which represents her career as a journalist writing for Freedom Magazine. Hi, I'm Faye Price. The next piece is written by Tracy L. Williams Dillard, the CEO and publisher of the Minnesota Spokesman Recorder, the oldest black-owned newspaper in the state of Minnesota and one of the longest-standing family-owned newspapers in the country. Lorraine Hansberry was an important contributor to the elevation of black stories, narratives, and the fight for civil rights. We asked Tracy from her perspective, what did she see as the legacy of black papers and the importance of black journalism today? She wrote, Stories uniquely told from the black perspective is the overall importance of black journalism then and now and into the future. Although Lorraine Hansberry was mainly renowned for her playworks, she was also committed to black journalism during her early years after college. In today's environment, black journalists are able to bring injustices and inequalities to light and provide necessary context when needed. George Floyd is just one example. Black journalists have been doing this since the mid-18th century. Many civil rights-related issues that heavily impact the black community, challenging as they were in the quest for societal change, were first brought to the forefront by black journalists laboring in the black press. The importance of a complete and accurate narrative from a black perspective in today's information landscape, which too often is a struggle for non-black journalists, is needed more than ever. We certainly are in an era or age of misinformation, sometimes fueled by elected officials as high as the federal government, but certainly by social media and talk radio, among others. We also are living in a divisive society, whose gaps are seemingly widening with each passing day. I strongly believe, as Lorraine, that words definitely change the outcome of how justice is served. For example, when we've seen over time that a white person and a black person is found committing the same type of crime, such as mass shootings, mainstream media often will label the former as mentally ill, but the latter as a criminal. As a result, the black person accused is persecuted in mainstream media with negative narratives that are unfairly planted in the minds of the unsuspecting consumer of such media. Words do hurt, but if used correctly, they can also heal, re-energize, inspire, constructively criticize, and offer a balanced platform of ideas and thoughts. This is another representation of the importance of black journalism, a mission long-standing. Inspired by Lorraine's quote about being audacious enough to see herself as an artist, we also asked Tracy about her dreams for the future. She wrote, My bold and audacious hopes and dreams for the MSR is to become a pioneer who sets the tone and is an example of leadership for the future of black journalism. Another audacious hope and dream is to see all Black-owned media, traditional and new media, print and electronic, legacy and startup, to become a collaborative force in this country for all dissemination of news and information that cross all racial and generational lines. The statue's title is To Sit a While, from Hansberry's quote, Never Be Afraid to Sit a While and Think. We ask Tracy what comes to mind for her as she reflects on this quote. Hansberry's quote is a call to action and a recognition of black women nationally and worldwide. 
The role of the African-American woman, as well as black women worldwide, historically has been undervalued, underestimated, and marginalized, not only in the general population, but sometimes within our own communities. We have been leaders in and outside of the house, gladly accepted the leadership mantle whenever called upon, or when others drop it, or when it wasn't accepted. Now, more than ever, our voices must be heard above the noise, the lies, and the divisiveness. Being heard, respected, and treated equally should be an expectation, not an exception. Therefore, when I sit down and think, keeping in the spirit of Hansberry's quote, this is foremost in my thoughts and actions as a successful black business owner. This piece in the Audacious Artist series is paired with the ottoman, which evokes the one she sat on in Robert Kennedy's living room while educating the politician on civil rights. This piece is written and read by Andrea Jenkins. Or does it explode? Family ties. On the rain, Hansberry, how art impacts policy and connects with the past 16 queer black trailblazers who made history. Out of my chest when I came across a NBC news story titled Lead that my name was on the same list as Lorraine Hansberry, along with Stormy DeLaverie, Marsha P. Johnson, Miss Major Griffey Gray, Bayard Rustin, Lori Lightfoot, Gladys Bentley, James Baldwin, Alvin Ailey, Audrey Lord, Ernestine Eckstein, Barbara Jordan, Ron Oden, Phil Wilson, Willie Ninja. Insane, right? I mean, these are folks that I look up to, idolize, emulate, revere. To have my name and image on that list is literally blowing my mind right now. But that is not all I have in common with the brilliantly revolutionary, once-in-a-generation voice playwright Lorraine Hansberry. We were both born in the Windy City with broad shoulders, Chicago, Illinois. We're both Torians. She's May 19th, same as Malcolm X, by the way, and I'm May 10th. We're both queer, and we both have intersectional love for the liberation of black, queer, and trans-identified communities. We both try to paint pictures with words. Admittedly, Hansberry is much more accomplished and celebrated than myself, deservedly so. I still get chills thinking about how the title, A Raisin in the Sun, was lifted from a Langston Hughes poem 
Harlem. Hughes is one of my poetic heroes, pure genius. Family Ties. It was spring 1968 in war-torn inner-city Chicago, and I was born. From the sin of gin and jazz from the coming June, right there in my ghettoized classroom, Gwendolyn Brooks, visiting poet laureate, I was born. Seeds from another African writer planted from a poem Fertilized again in 75 from a poem to complement other poems. It was as if Don L. Lee, though he was Haki by then, was talking to me. Change, change, change your mind. And the gestation period ended and I was born. In the midst of a daydream, birth is a difficult and painful thing. It takes time for biscuits to rise up. Relatives relate repetitiously, repeating relationships of days gone by. A spirit from the spirit world conjured up by my poetic parents, proud of their progeny, sought Truth, spoke truth, taught truth. I was born from a poem. In the early morning, words made love and created a new life. Words made dewy love and I was born. New black voices spoke to me in new waves. Told me change was possible. Change was inevitable. Writing that change was my destiny. My godfather, Langston Hughes, spoke of crystal stairs in Harlem. My great-grandmother, Phyllis Wheatley, wrote when black women writing was criminal, punishable by death, but out of comes light. So she took the risk, and I was born. Into a rich family of writers, my aunts and uncles have won Pulitzers and have been poet laureates. My cousins fought against white supremacy with their quills. Creative creatures cautiously calculating the character of creators yet to come. I love poems. Actualizing an audacious auditory acceptance of the power of literary DNA. Soulful, striving, surviving. I am equally intrigued that Hansberry's work inspired so many other social justice-centered works. Like her speech to the six young winners of a NAACP writing contest, calling them young, gifted, and black, which prompted Nina Simone to write and perform what 
became a cultural anthem of inspiration and black excellence by the same title. Or the spinoff play, Claiborne Park, produced by the Guthrie Theater, and Lorraine and Jimmy by Talman Wilkes and produced by Pillsbury House Theater, or even looking for Giovanni, written by Joel Gomez. This brings us back to the earlier original poem from one of my early chapbooks, Tributaries, Poems Exploring Black History, 2003, Purple Lioness Productions. I talked about what I consider my artistic lineage. It is clear that Hansberry's work has germinated many artistic projects. Who are we responding to as artists, as creators, as makers? Who are our peers, collaborators, contemporaries? What role does art play in the perpetuation of the struggle for equity, equality, and black queer liberation? Clearly, Hansberry was concerned with this. Some of her influences, Paul Robeson, Langston Hughes, James Baldwin, led her into many political spaces, including a famous conversation with Robert F. Kennedy, who was the United States Attorney General at the time, and his brother, John F. Kennedy, was president. During this dialogue, which included the likes of James Baldwin and Harry Belafonte, it is reported that Hansberry point-blank told RFK, as it related to civil rights for the Negro, we would like from you a moral commitment. And the very next month, at the urging of his brother, who first heard the phrase from a defiant Hansberry, gave his landmark civil rights address during which he proposed the legislation that would become known as the Civil Rights Act of 1964. In the address, JFK spoke of civil rights as not just a legal issue, but also, as Lorraine said, a moral one. That's the power of art, which got her access into the room and her voice that continues to drive change. Here is the entirety of Harlem as it originally appeared in 1951. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? or fester like a sore, and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat, or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load, or does it explode? Free, 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 free
I'm Amy K. Bryant, a resident teaching artist at Pillsbury House and Theater. In partnership with the Irreducible Grace Foundation, we commissioned five high school artists to create work inspired by Lorraine Hansberry in connection with the Bentwood Chair, which represents Lorraine's childhood home and a raisin in the sun. Four of these audacious artists created visual art pieces, which can be experienced by visiting our website, PillsburyHouseAndTheater.org. One of the five created a song. Here is Dear Lorraine, written and performed by Frida Ross. in the Audacious Artist series is paired with The Stool, which stands for her contributions as a female and early LGBTQ activist. Before You Go, Hymns for My Mother, written by Sharon Bridgeforth and read by Amy K. Bryant. One. 
with shoulders bouncing, fingers popping, head thrown back, and wide open smiles, you danced, shook open by Aretha BB Motown and them. The eagle fly on Friday, Saturday nights, we free. I remember. Two. I think that all the years of carrying the weight of living with not enough and you being so afraid and me feeling you being so afraid broke us. So much so that when I look at you now all these years later as we sit in the midst of having a lot, my lens is so cracked I can barely see you. Three. We are used to walking with grief. Its weight varies. It ebbs and shifts. But it is always there. And we laugh. We dance. We cry. We pray. We commune. We grow. We love. And we break. Four. I may not ever be able to listen to Aretha again. Her voice holds my memories of who you are and how we survived. I'm afraid that if I crack myself open in the places Aretha's voice pierces, I will fall permanently away. Five. If I could fix it, I would. If I could change it, it would be done. If I could undo your inability to love yourself, I would. If you could see through my eyes, you'd know how beautiful, how brave, strong, and self-determining you are. How you saved us, and how you made way for me and my girl. Can you see you through her eyes? Six. I have so many fond memories of being in the backseat of one of your boyfriend's cars. You in the front, the radio on AM. I heard it through the grapevine. Funky Broadway, Mustang Sally, respect. Us all finger popping and smiling and looking good riding around our neighborhood. Slow. Seven. Can you read my silence? Eight. Who would you have been if you had felt you were loved from the beginning? If you had not been left in the arms of loved ones who resented having to care for you? Who would you have been if you hadn't been so beautiful a girl feeling ugly and wrong? Who would you have been if you had had a chance to name your dreams? Who would you have been if you had felt you had a chance? If you had felt safe? If you had felt you had enough? If you had felt that you were enough? If you had had the space to open Open your heart fully. Who would you have been if you had known how to love yourself? Perhaps these are the wrong questions. Nine. I should just pray for forgiveness for my own self. I can't seem to shake the regrets that lurk and shout and shiver my heart. No matter how much sense I make of them, they always come flashing through, cutting along the way. Maybe I should be praying for my own mean-ass self to be healed. I wonder how many generations that would help. Ten. Fear is the liar that stunts us. 
Fear that we will never have what we need, that we are not enough, that we aren't loved. The truth is, we have always had love. Even when we couldn't feel it, it was always with us, showering itself around us. So what I want to know, what I hope to remember, the knowing that I pray to pass on, is that fear is a liar, a trick, a raging joke. When you feel fear, reach for love. 11. This is what it's all been for. The unearthing of questions, the digging up and writing through, the opening, the surrender, the falling out and into has all been an offering, gifted to heal me enough to pray this prayer with my whole heart for my mother. May the fear buried in your bones the emptiness that feeling unloved carved in your heart and the ways that who you are and what is possible was not reflected back to you be released in all directions of time, in, through, and beyond the veils. May all the stuck let go and the held-on sorrow melt away. May the sweetness buried rise and permeate your senses. May you laugh loud and twirl with songs of grace till all the tears you willed away and those you cried break through and pave a new road that carries you to the light that is you. May you finally love yourself enough to know that you are loved. Lorraine Hansbury said, For above all, on behalf of an ailing world which sorely needs our defiance, may we never accept the notion of our place. She also personified the notion that that defiance, that resistance, is not simply saying no, that in fact, it is often meeting the challenges of asking and creating what happens after the no has done its work and stopped the devil in his tracks, of growing the imagination and will and community that is always needed to create the next yes and the next and the next. And with that, I would like to thank all the folks at Pillsbury House and Theater whose work in Minneapolis is truly a perpetual, mold-breaking, devil-beating, next-yes incubator. Thanks to you and the Lorraine Hansbury Initiative for sharing the To Sit a While project at a time when we sorely need it. And finally, thanks to all of you listeners for lending your ears and imaginations to this bonus chapter of the Change the Story story. For those of you who have been with us for the past two Pillsbury House and Theater episodes, thank you for tuning in. If you missed that first episode, you'll find that show, number 55, at your preferred podcast provider's site. You'll also find the link in this episode's show notes. Change the Story, Change the World is a production of the Center for the Study of Art and Community. It's written and hosted by me, Bill Cleveland. Our theme and soundscape are by the stupendously talented Judy Munson. Our text editing is by Andre Nebe. Our sound effects come from freesound.com, and our inspiration rises up from the spectral and lurking presence of Ook 235. If you have any comments to share or suggestions for guests, drop us a line at csac at artandcommunity.com. Until next time, stay well, do good, and spread the good word.
Situated around the figure are the five chairs. Here is Signe Haraday, Pillsbury's artistic producing director, introducing the creative responses of five more audacious artists to Lorraine Hansberry's multifaceted story. <laughs> 